0: I'm Becky, and I'd like to welcome you to Arlington Countryside Church. We are so glad that you decided to worship with us this week. Here at ACC, we believe that God is big, alive, that He loves us, and that He wants to be in relationship with us. As we worship together today, we hope that you feel God's power, His presence, and His love. Somewhere on your screen is a link to the communication card. Please take a moment to click on that link and let us know that you were here and share any prayer requests that you may have. Even though the circumstances of this year have left us scattered, we know that we were made to be in community, and we hope that you have found ways to stay connected through our small group ministries, our men's and women's ministries, or our youth ministries. Today, we are offering a new way for you to connect in our virtual lobby. Between the two services from 10 to 10.30, we will be hosting a virtual Zoom lobby with the sole purpose of connecting. If you are new here, we would love for you to stop by so that we can greet you and get to know you. If you are not new here, we would love to to connect with you as well. The link will be provided in the chat at the end of the services. If you are watching this and it's already after 10.30, Please consider joining us next week as we will be hosting our virtual lobby each Sunday during Advent. Before we jump into the rest of our service, I would like to leave you with a challenge. Recently, I have begun leading the outreach influence team here at ACC. I have reflected that during this time, outreach may feel very challenging as we find ourselves at home more and more. During the last week, as we celebrated Thanksgiving, you may have found yourself having conversations with people who do not know Jesus that were very meaningful or pivotal in terms of building relationships. My challenge to you is to follow up on these conversations sometime in the next two weeks. Send a note or an email, a text message or a phone call. Or find a way to have a virtual or a socially distanced visit to let them know that you are listening and that you care. Organic outreach grows out of relationship. So my challenge to you is continue to strengthen the relationships that were kindled this week. Now let's continue our worship together.
1: Today's Old Testament reading is from Isaiah chapter 2 verses 2 through 5. In the last days, The mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills, and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion... His word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will mediate between nations and will settle international disputes. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord.
2: Today's New Testament reading is from John chapter 1,
3: You carry me through the driving rain All I need to know Is you are with me You are here in the desert sun And in your shadow where I belong All I need to know Is you are with me We believe God will keep us till the very end You are here, you are here, Emmanuel You are here, you are here, Emmanuel You will stand by my side, Emmanuel You abide with us, Emmanuel Now these scars are a song of praise All I've ever known is you beside me You were there in the lion's den You keep me safe till I'm home again All I've ever known is you beside me You are here, Emmanuel, you are here, you are here, Manuel, you will stand by my side, Manuel, you abide with us, Manuel, you are here, you are here, Emmanuel, you are here in the fire. Manuel, we will never walk alone. Manuel, you abide with us, Manuel. Everything was lost What they didn't know Is death was beaten It was you standing at the grave Son of God rising up again For all the world to know That God is with us God is with us God is with us Emmanuel, you abide with us
4: Back to Jesus, born to set Thy people free from our fears and sins, release us. Let us find our rest in Thee, Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth. Thou art dear desire of every nation joy of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver Born a child and yet a king. Born to reign in us forever. Now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit. Will in all our hearts alone. By thine all sufficient merit. Raise us to thy glorious throne. Come now, precious rest Ransoms come, oh, say. Find our rest in Thee. From our fears and sins, release us. Let us find our rest in Thee.
2: Well, welcome. My name is Chris Majeski. I'm the family pastor here at ACC. I'm so glad you're with us to worship today. Uh, well, have you begun uh, decorating? Beyond listening to Christmas music, uh, I've noticed that uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, and I that's probably a good thing. I think we could use a little Christmas, maybe even this very minute. Uh, as many of you may be realizing that we're going to be home for Christmas, literally at home for Christmas, and we may remember that last Christmas, we were able to gather with friends and family, and we may be a little sad, and maybe even in for a blue Christmas, Okay, I, I, I should stop. I could keep going, uh, but I probably shouldn't. Right? Uh, that that was that was fun. Kind of satisfied my dad joke itch right there for a little bit. Uh, but it's it's Christmas. It's the time to start celebrating to begin the festivities. Uh, I love Christmas time, and, and I hope that you are, are having a sense of that joy as well. Um, that you can find excitement and joy in the midst of what's well, been a really challenging year. Uh, and so, uh, we're gonna do that together today. We're gonna start that Christmas celebration, start the process of, of, of turning our hearts towards Jesus for the Christmas season. Uh, and so I'd like to pray for us, and then, uh, we'll go ahead and look at, uh, the scripture for this morning, look at, look at our text today. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this time to be together. Uh, thank you for this time to gather, uh, digitally, uh, to be connected, uh, through this, this means. And so thank you for uh, your word and uh, the the things we're going to look at together this morning. I pray that you would help us to understand uh, your truth, that you'd help us to understand your word, and you'd help us to apply it to to our lives. Uh, Father, we invite you to teach us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is the official start of Advent. Um, Advent uh, it is a, a thing that I realize many of you may not be familiar with or not part of your you know, faith tradition or background or upbringing. Um, and so I want to take a little bit of time to explain that, what we mean by that. Uh, so the word Advent actually uh, comes from the Latin word Adventus, uh, which which just simply means coming. Uh, and there's tied up in this idea of of waiting and longing. Uh, really it's the coming of an important person an- important event and and so this this is, this is uh, uh this idea of coming, but also this idea of waiting and expectancy is tied into it as well uh, and so when we talk about it at christmas season at the christmas time we're talking about the, the the coming of jesus uh his arrival on earth we're talking about his birth and so uh so during advent we look back uh to to christ's birth uh, and that's a celebratory thing that's full of awe and wonder, and maybe you can even think of times where you've had special moments at Christmas where you've encountered Jesus, you've experienced God in a meaningful way. Uh, And also with Tied Up in Advent, we're looking forward, uh, looking forward to Jesus' return, Uh, and that's that's with a sense of anticipation and longing, Uh, and perhaps you can think of ways that you long for Jesus' return, where he'll make all things right and new. There'll be no more pain and suffering, where things will be as God always intended them to be. And so in Advent, we look back and we also look forward. There's celebration and there's longing. And so these are some of the concepts of Advent. Uh, It's far from just a joyous celebration of Christmas. Um, It's far deeper than just the magic of Christmas. This is a season of preparation, time to prepare our hearts and minds for the coming arrival of Jesus. So in terms of the church calendar, uh, Advent is the four Sundays leading up to Christmas uh, and, and, and includes Christmas Eve. Um, and as a Protestant church, we don't typically do a whole lot with the church calendar. So you may be wondering why are we talking about the church calendar here and why Advent? Uh, and so uh, I, I think there's there's a lot for us to, to, to really learn and gather from Advent. I think that it's a particularly good fit for the world that we live in and, and the culture that we live in now. Uh, it really is a countercultural thing. I mean, the concepts within it, uh, it's counterintuitive for us in a lot of ways. Um, observing Advent can really help us to encounter God in ways that we may miss out on if we're not intentional. So what do I mean by all that? Well, Advent helps us to focus on the meaning of Christmas. It helps us to focus in on, on what's most important. Uh, we live in such an affluent time. uh Christmas is full of commercialization and presents and celebrations and uh and lots of food and and all these different things It's such a huge holiday in our in our world and I think that's a great thing i'm not I'm not saying anything negative about those things, but I'm just saying that that it's easy for Christmas to kind of get caught up in all of the commercialization and all of the fun and celebration that we actually miss the real reason for the season and so uh in fact, that, that's that's something that I've heard from some people about uh, learning for them in this pandemic. Uh, not that they're thankful for the pandemic in any way, but in the midst of the pandemic, they've gotten, they've received the gift of time to slow down and focus in on what's most important. And so Advent helps us to do that in a busy season. Uh, another thing that Advent does is it helps to develop our longing and expectation. Uh, We live in a time where we don't typically have to wait for much. We don't have to long and expect things to happen. They happen for us pretty quickly. Uh, Think of Netflix. We don't have to wait for the commercial break to be over to get back to our show. Uh, Think of uh, you want to learn something, you jump on YouTube or jump on Google and you can find ways to to learn about that concept. We don't have to go to the library or even find an expert the way we used to. Uh, And so we don't have to wait for much. The other day, I was uh, making a joke with my kids uh, about they were uh, making Easy Mac. They popped that in the microwave and they made Easy Mac. And I said, back in my day, we didn't have Easy Mac. We had to actually wait for the water to boil and then boil those noodles and mix it all together. And we didn't have this popping in a microwave thing. We had to wait. We had longing and expectation for our mac and cheese, right? Uh, jokes aside, but you understand what, what I'm talking about here is that, that, that we live in a world where we don't have to wait for much. We have most of what we want at our fingertips. And so Advent uh, causes us to anticipate the arrival of Jesus and to long for his return. So it helps us to tap into that. A third thing it does is that it helps to create meaningful moments of worship. So this Christmas season, you will have meaningful moments with family and friends. Uh, It might be while you're watching a Hallmark movie or a conversation with a friend or Uh, maybe some family memories, doing some special things together, uh, you will have meaningful moments. Uh, Advent gives us a structure for creating meaningful moments of worship. Uh, so uh, So as you join us for church service, as you spend time in God's word, as you pray, as you connect with others about the things that you're seeing and learning, I hope that it orients your heart towards Jesus. That's why we've created the Advent kits that we delivered this week, Uh, those uh, carols of kits that we uh, uh, created for each family to be able to track along with at home. And it's got these handmade ornaments, instructions to do that, Uh, our special gift to you to hopefully create some meaningful moments of worship at home. And so if you didn't get one of those kits, uh, please contact our church office. We've got some extras. There's a a limited amount left, but we'd love to get one out to you. Please contact our church office and, and we'll get one to you. So we hope that you'll take time to engage uh, with our Advent or ser- our Advent series uh, and, and, and engage as families at home this Advent to have meaningful moments of worship. Well, one of the traditions of Advent is the is the wreath, uh, and so I'll explain that quickly. Here we've got uh, in the Advent wreath uh, um, we've got the evergreen symbolizing the eternal life that Jesus brings us, uh, and then we've got these four candles on the outside, uh, symbolizing rep- representing each of the four weeks leading up to Christmas. And so each week a candle is lit and uh, as the light grows, symbolizing the light of the world, Jesus coming into the world. Uh, And so uh, the the center candle, the big white pillar candle um, uh, representing Jesus, the center of it all, uh, the light of the world. Uh, and so uh, different faith traditions, different Christian traditions, the candles may mean different things. They may be assigned hope or joy, peace, these kinds of things, expect, uh, expectation, longing, these kinds of things. Um, it depends on the tradition, but the, 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 the structure is pretty similar. The wreath and the candles, right? And we light one each week. Uh, and so that's part of our service. You'll we'll have uh, the lighting of the candle and, and the reading of scriptures each week uh, to celebrate Advent. <clears throat> and hopefully you'll do that at home as well. So our teaching series that we're going to help uh, uh, usher in Advent and help turn our hearts to Jesus is called carols. And so uh, when we were discussing what we wanted to do this Christmas, we thought, let's use these Christmas carols. Uh, they're among some of the most well-known songs of all time. Uh, they, you know, in fact, I'd say most of us probably have more Christmas songs memorized than any other genre of music, right? They're just songs that we hear over and over again, and, uh, and they call it memories from great moments past and they point us towards the coming celebration. But more importantly, these songs are full of scriptural truth. They're full of deep meaning and they teach us about Jesus. Many of them contain lyrics directly from Scripture. So our hope in this series that we use is that we'll use some of these songs, some of these familiar songs as a guide to point us to Jesus and to lead us into worship this Christmas. So our first song and uh, the one we're looking at today is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Uh, this is possibly the oldest Christmas Christmas carol still sung today. Uh, it's believed to have been written in Latin, and it was originally written in Latin, somewhere around the 800s. That's a long time, 800s. Uh, and then it was actually uh, used as a chant um, and then put to music a little later on, believed maybe uh, about a 100 years later or so, uh, m- music was added. But the author and composer are unknown so long ago that we, we're not even aware of who, who wrote him, who wrote the song, who wrote the melody. Uh, but the melody was originally, is believed to be French, um, and uh, and it's the pretty much unchanged uh, to this day. Uh, the reason we have it in English today, right? It was written in Latin. The reason we have it in English today is because of a man named John Mason Neal who translated it from Latin in 1851. So 1851, that's 169 years ago. And so for 169 years, this song has been sung by Christians in the English language. Uh, and really, it's a perfect song for Advent. Uh, its distinctly biblical words make it full of truth about God. The sound feels different from some of the more overtly celebratory carols. Uh, think of like Joy to the World, right? Very celebratory. This one is more somber and reflective and is this kind of mournful longing to it. And so really, uh, this song embodies the already, but not yet kingdom of God. The already, but not yet kingdom of God. Uh, It anticipates both the birth of Jesus and his return. It's what Advent's all about, looking back and looking forward, right? Uh, And so uh, it has this deep truth in it that's that's modeling for us and teaching us is, is that God's kingdom, when I say that, when I say God's kingdom, what I mean is his rule and his authority, He is the king, right? It's his domain, his rule, and his authority, right? So this song reminds us that God's kingdom has come, but it's not entirely here yet. It's already here, but it's not yet fully here. We have a sense of that as we look around our world, don't we? We can see how God's at work, but we also see that things are not as they should be that we can see that he's at work redeeming our world, and and we see glimpses of that. Maybe we even see that's happening in big ways. But We long for the day when his rule will be fully established and there'll be no more sin and death, no more sorrow and pain. And so for me, that really describes the hardship of 2020. We've seen up close and personal how things are not as they should be. And yet, and yet, We have seen glimpses of good in the midst of the challenges of this year. I know I have. I know many of you have as well. And so this song embodies that already but not yet aspect of God's kingdom. The structure of the song originally was seven verses. The most popular version today contains just four verses. Uh, And each verse contains a different name for Jesus that reveals a different aspect of his person and his character. So each verse is a prayer to Jesus using that name, followed by the refrain, which is kind of the answer to that prayer. And the refrain is rejoice, rejoice, have joy, right? rejoice, 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 Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. In essence, the answer is place your trust in God. He will fulfill his promises. He can be trusted. And so let's look at the names of Jesus as we we look at the song. We're going to look at the four names that it uses. And the first one that he uses is "Emmanuel," which means God with us, or God is with us. Both are kind of present in that translation. And, and, and it comes from Isaiah 7.14. We see this in the Old Testament. We also see it in the New Testament. In Isaiah 7.14. And I'm going to quote from the King James Version here, because when this song was written, that was the language they were using when they, when they, wrote, uh, when, when they translated it. Uh, so, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. This was seven hundred years before the birth of Jesus, and it was prophesied that a virgin would conceive and give birth to a child, and his name would be Emmanuel. Not not actually his actual name be Emmanuel, his actual name was Jesus, but his Emmanuel is a title, is a, is a reference to him, a, a way of describing him as God with us. And we see it repeated in Matthew 1, 22 and 23, and and from the the New Living Translation, which is what we typically use here at ACC, says, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, that's in the context of Matthew's account of Jesus' birth. It's talking about how an angel appeared to Joseph and said, hey, don't divorce Mary. Don't, 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 uh, don't, uh. Uh, understand that she's telling the truth, you know, don't don't pass over her. She's really telling the truth. This is is what's happened. And so uh, we have here uh, this idea of Emmanuel, God with us. This is a powerful concept and a major theme in the Bible. Uh, In the Garden of Eden, God was present with humanity. But as a result of sin, mankind was exiled from God's presence. We were expelled from God's presence. And from that point on, The restoration of God's presence is talked about throughout the scriptures. So in Jesus, God reestablishes his presence with us. And he's with us always. Nothing will separate us from him again. So he's reestablished his presence with us and he's with us always. So way beyond the meaning, when we say God with us, way beyond the meaning that, that it's Jesus is God's gift or, or he's a is bless, God's blessing to us. It literally means that he is present with us, that he has arrived. He is one of, is, is taken on the form of humanity, right, of humans. And really, this is the concept of the incarnation of God becoming a man. And so we can look at John 1.14 that talks about that. So, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So this is the miracle of Christmas. This is what it's all about. That God came to us in the form of Jesus. That he took on flesh and became human. Another name that this song uses for Jesus is the dayspring. And, and that's kind of an archaic word, but it basically means the moment of, of first light, right? Dawn, of light breaking through the darkness. Uh, and, and the verse in, in the song says, O come thou dayspring, come and cheer. Our spirits by thy anvet here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. So the imagery of light casting out darkness is present here, uh, of a dark, shadowy night and the light that's going to shine through and, and, and bring about uh, the new day. And so the scriptures use this name, Dayspring, for Jesus. They, they say he is the Dayspring. So Luke uh, 1, 78 through 79 says, Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. And the King James that actually uses the word dayspring, that morning light from heaven about to break upon us as the dayspring has appeared. Uh, that's the language that's used there. So Jesus is described as the light of the world. And he appeared, uh, he appears and shines through the darkness. And light always dispels the darkness. Light is a symbol of hope in a dark time. If you've ever spent a hard night alone with your thoughts, stuck in your fear and doubts, you know how hopeful that first morning light is. You know how hopeful a new day, the hope that a new day offers, right? That it could be a new beginning, a better day. And so it's a reminder to us that God's mercies are new for us every morning. That morning light appearing on the horizon is a sign of hope. That despite our sin and rebellion, that God meets us with mercy and forgiveness every day. And so Jesus is our spring. He pushes back the darkness in our hearts and the darkness in our world. And so another name that the song uses is wisdom. Uh, when we talk about wisdom, we're talking about right living. Uh, the skillful living, kind of knowing what, is, what to do, what's Right. Uh, and so the, the song says, Oh, come thou wisdom from on high and order all things far and nigh to us, the path of knowledge show and cause us in her ways to go. So it's imploring that God would bring, would, would bring his wisdom. That he would send his wisdom to us and teach us how to do what, what we should do and what path we should go and how we should do things. Right. And so and that makes sense because God is the creator and sustainer of the universe. And as the creator and sustainer, he knows what's best. And so we should look to him for what's best. Not lean back into our own ideas, but look to him. And so God sent his son as the personification of wisdom. The scriptures say that Jesus is the wisdom from God. So if we want to know how we should live in the world, we should look to Jesus. If we want to know what our purpose on earth is, we should look to Jesus. If we want to know what our priorities should be. We should look to Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1, through 25 uh, it says, it says this. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended and the Gentiles say it's all nonsense. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jew and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of humans, human plans. And so the Apostle Paul talks about how, how some people lean into their own wisdom and they try to make up, they, they try to decide for themselves what's best and most important. And he says, you know, the, the, we talk about Jesus and, and his crucifixion and resurrection as, as the way to God. And he says that Jew, the Jewish people are offended at that. And, and the Gentiles think that it's all nonsense. They think it's ridiculous. But he says, but those of you are part of God's family. Those of you are, are his children. You know that it's true. You know that it's the wisdom of God. So Jesus is the power of God, and he's the wisdom of God. And it's only by placing our trust in him that we can have the forgiveness of our sins and have a restored relationship to God. And remember, that's a huge theme, this restored presence of God in relationship with him. So it's a good thing. It's what we were made for is to have a relationship with God. And I like to say that that we we have the hope of heaven, but we also have the most fulfilling and satisfying life here on earth when we trust Jesus. When we have a relationship with God, it means that we're secure for for, uh, heaven with him, but it means that we're going to have a rich and full and satisfying life here on earth. Because Jesus restores us to life that we're meant to live. He brings us back to what we were always meant for. And and, and he says this, Jesus says this in John 10.10. It says the thief's purpose, talking about the devil, talking about the world that would try to get us to believe, to follow our own thinking and our own wisdom. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But his purpose, my purpose, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. This is what God has for you. A rich and satisfying life. We're not talking about wealth and possessions, but about having peace with God and having real meaning and purpose. About having sense of, of the way that it always should be, that longing that's answered, which actually leads into the next name of the song that's used, and that's that Jesus is the desire of nations, and what it means there is that he's the universal remedy, that's my words for it, the universal remedy. The verse says, O come, desire of nations bind, all peoples in one heart and mind, bid envy, strife, and quarrels cease, fill the whole world With heaven's peace, that's a uh, that that name. Desire of nations comes from the Old Testament in the book of Haggai, um, in in verse uh, chapter two, verse seven, quoting from the King James again because that's the language of of the translation. uh, And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. And so in this time, uh, God's the uh, uh, Israel had been in exile. They've been in captivity in Babylon and they were coming home to restore the temple. The temple was going to be restored or it was said that it would be. And so uh, this is what's quoted here. The prophet Haggai Haggai says that the temple will be restored and it's going to shake all nations and he will come and fill the temple with glory. And so this is an immediate fulfillment in Haggai's day where the temple was restored and, and, and it was pointed out that, hey, that was what he was talking about. But there's also a sense with every prophecy that it's also pointing to something to come, a foreshadowing of something to come. And so it's foreshadowing of, of the, the birth of Christ, his incarnation among us, and ultimately to his second coming when he will establish all peoples to him, bring all peoples to himself. Revelation 7, 9 and 10 uh, 10 talks about this. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar, Salvation comes from our God, who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. There's this picture of this vast group of people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation. So Jesus truly is the universal remedy. He is for everyone. And it's true because he answers the longing of our hearts. That within each of us, there is a deep longing for that connection with God, that relationship with him that we were made for. And Jesus is the answer to that longing. A quote from St. Augustine says, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. Sticking with that King James language, right? Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. It's what we long for, is to connect with him, to belong to him. So our our, our longing, our heart's longing is not gonna be fulfilled through money. It's not gonna be filled through personal enlightenment or achievement. It's not even gonna be fulfilled In family. It's only fulfilled through Jesus. Now, those other things can be good, but they will not ultimately fulfill our hearts. It's only in Jesus that we'll find that. So it's found, the longing of our heart is found by placing our trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. And by receiving his free gift of salvation and being restored to that relationship with God. So if you're listening today and you aren't sure what I'm talking about, you're not sure that you have a relationship with God, that your sins are forgiven, please contact our church office. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to talk with you and help you understand what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. We've looked at the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And as we look back to celebrate the birth of Christ, we also look forward with longing for his return. So as we sing this song now, let me remind you that we are connected to our Jewish brothers and sisters who waited for the coming of Jesus so many years ago, who longed for his arrival. And we're connected to our Christian brothers and sisters throughout the centuries who have sung this song. And we're connected to our Christian brothers and sisters right now around the world who are at the same time preparing their hearts for Advent, preparing their hearts for Jesus this Christmas. And of course, we're connected to one another, to the ACC family, as we are scattered, but we're together. So as we sing this song, let's invite Jesus to come, to dwell among us, and let us embrace the mournful longing of this song.
0: our worship now through the receiving of our offering. If you are looking to give this morning, you can go online to acchurch.org give and give there. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this morning and for the chance to be together and worship you and hear your word. We pray for the offering now that you would use these funds to further your name, to build up the church and to strengthen our community. We love you so much, and we pray that as we leave today, we would each be drawn near to you and bring you with us throughout our week. We pray all this in your Son, Jesus' name, amen.
5: I wanted to make you aware of a wonderful opportunity you have this holiday season to make a difference, uh, that through your generosity, through your giving, uh, we're having an end-of-year giving project here at ACC, and it is our goal between now and the end of the year to raise $25,000. Now this $25,000 is over and above our regular giving. So it's gonna take intentionality, it's gonna take tremendous amount of sacrifice and generosity, but I believe as a congregation, we can reach the school of $25,000 and even go far beyond it. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be exciting if even in the midst of a pandemic, we're able to just blow away this giving goal. And so that's what I'm praying for. And I hope you'll be a part of it. Our $25,000 is going to be spent in this way. This is what uh, the project is all about. First of all, $5,000 is going to be given to One Voice Church in Kenosha. I'm so excited about One Voice. One Voice is a wonderful, beautiful picture in Kenosha of a predominantly white church that's going to be merging with a predominantly black church. And they have a vision to bring the gospel of Christ to work towards racial reconciliation and justice. And I know both the pastors They're friends of mine. I trust these guys. They love God. Uh, They love people. And we want to be partners with them. So we're going to give them some seed money of $5,000 to help start their church. And we hope to have an ongoing relationship with this church in the coming months and years. And so $5,000 there. $5,000 is also going to go towards the ACC Compassion Fund. And this is money we have set aside to help individuals and families who are dealing with COVID hardships. It can also be used to help replenish our food pantry if needed. And then $2,500 will go to our missionary families. We want to give each of our five missionary families a gift of $500 each uh, to help them out. And so finally, the, the, of the 25000 the remaining $12,500 will be applied as a one-time principal payment on our mortgage. This will help us um, reduce our debt. And anything above the 25000 will go towards a one-time mortgage payment, uh, principal payment as well. And so I hope you pray about it. I hope you'll uh, give. You can give online. I hope you give your first gift beginning today. Uh, If you want to give a check, uh, just mail that in and write a year-end giving project on the memo line. But folks, let's be all about meeting this goal, surpassing this goal of $25,000, okay? I'm excited to see how God's going to use you. And now receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Serve him. Hi, I'm Simon, and we are doing carols
6: for Advent. And in this box, we have ornament uh, crafts that we are doing for ACC Advent 2020. Hashtag Scattered Together. So let's dig in. Very nice design, whoever did that, nice work. Here we go, let's see what's inside. Here we go, it looks like we have directions in here. It has everything you need to know. It has step-by-step directions, it has the Christmas carols, It has discussion questions, it has supplies list, it has materials, everything you need to know in this packet. It looks like we also have here a bonus ornament already put together for you. ACC Advent 2020, again, hashtag scattered together. That's really nice. And now we get to the materials for the week by week ornaments. So we have week one, have a whole bunch of stuff in there. We got week two. Looks like we got week three, week four, and lastly, Christmas Eve. So we're going to go week by week through these kits, uh, and we are going to look at the materials needed. So uh, each week, we're not going to have to go through all of them, but this first week is important because you want to make sure you have all the materials needed for the next four weeks. And if you don't, you can contact Chris at chris at So let's dig into the materials. All right, let's dig into week one. So here's what you're going to need. You're going to need the four-inch grapevine wreath. You are going to need three-quarter inch uh, wood ball which is right in here three-quarter inch wood ball we are also going to need uh, the white cardstock here we go with the white cardstock we're also going to need the silver glittery scrapbook paper we are going to need some gauze, here we go. We're gonna need twine. We're gonna need the one inch piece of dowel rod. We're going to need uh, the template for star and template for word banner. Let's dig into week two, here we go. We're gonna need some some twine in here, as you see right here. You're going to need uh, some silver jingo bells and you're going to need three of them, here we go. And then lastly, you're gonna need some white ribbon. All right, let's dig in to week three. So what we need here is we have burlap. We have two different sizes. The bigger one is for the body and the smaller one is for the wings. We also have this twine and that's for the main assembly. And now the smaller twine is for the hanging. And lastly, we have the silver pipe cleaner. Let's dig into week four. Got a lot of stuff coming out of here. There we go. Alrighty, so you should have tissue paper. You should have black cardstock. You should have popsicle sticks. It looks like you need four smaller ones, one larger one. You sh- you're gonna need some uh, contact paper. You can peel it off and it'll get sticky. You're gonna need some twine to hang it. And you're going to need the template for the nativity scene. And lastly, I'm stoked to dig into what we have for Christmas Eve. Alrighty, so looks like we have some white felt here and that will be for the candle. It looks like we have yellow and orange felt and that will be for the flame. We have brown felt and that will be for the candle base. We have a clothes pin and we have the template uh, for the flames and the candle base. Again, if you didn't have any of those materials when you went through your box with us, please contact Chris and we can get you those materials for the weeks ahead. It's at chris at Alrighty, so some materials that you're going to need that are not in your kit for week one is hot glue, scissors, and a pen or marker. Let's get started. So the first thing we're going to do is we are going to use our word banner template and we're going to cut out... The word banner. And now it's cut out like that. Trust me, if I can do this this ornament, you can do this ornament. Anyone can do this ornament. Here we go. And now we're gonna trace it here on the white cardstock. Now we're going to cut it out of the cardstock. And now the cardstock is cut out. And so now the next thing is to write God with us. That's Emmanuel, God with us here on the cardstock. God with us. The next step we're going to do is we're going to use the star template and we're going to cut that out and then we're going to put it here on the sparkly uh, gray uh, scrap paper. And now we're going to glue the God with us to the star. If you see, I traced my star on the silver side, and now uh, I don't know if you can see it on the camera, but there's little uh, black marker. It could be a smart strategy to uh, trace on the back side and cut it out so the marker will be on the back side. Uh, but let's go ahead and glue this on now. Now we're going to glue on the star with Emmanuel God with us onto the wreath. Let's go ahead and do that. As you can see, I kind of, uh, glued the God with us, uh, with the star a little bit more upside down. You're gonna wanna glue it on with one of the pointers, like going straight up, so that you don't make the, don't, so that way you don't make the same mistake I did. Uh, next we're gonna move into, uh, making, uh, baby Jesus out of this, uh, this wood ball and dowel rod. So we're gonna glue these two together. Next, we're gonna put baby Jesus into the swaddling clothes. So, uh, here we go. We're gonna set it in and then we're gonna fold it up almost as if you're folding up like a burrito or a taco. And then you're gonna glue it on the back side to keep it together. The next step is to glue Baby Jesus to the wreath, and so you're gonna wanna use a generous amount of hot glue on the back here, then we'll put it onto the wreath. And finally, we're going to add the piece of twine to the top to uh, hang that on the tree. So we'll put a little bit of glue on each end of the twine and put it onto the ornament. here we are the finished product